Welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theo in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymecoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. The heat is on in Spain as the multiverse of drag madness collides as the final five from season two roasted the final five from season one. So who made it all roasty toasty and who was ice cold? It's time to find out as we talk all things Drag Race Espana 2. And joining me is the fabulosa Amanda Masker. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Listen, I am back on the East Coast, and the East Coast welcomed me with a fucking allergy attack. I was like, you motherfuckers. Um, So that's why I sound (laughs) the way I do. Also, because I was, like, talking for 50 interviews over the weekend um, at DragCon, and that hurts your voice. My God, we're all very excited to hear everyone you get to... you spoke to. I know. I'm so excited I, to. Receive. I see. I can't even get it out. I'm so excited. I can't yeah, I, I'm very excited for this three part series. There's going to be three episodes, um, with each day. Um, so there's there's a little through line at least. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And obviously, Amanda, I I I, if I'm there, I want to be there for my friends too and give them a surprise if I can. And I sent you a little surprise, didn't I? <gasps> Oh my goodness, what a delight. You captured the lovely Adriana from Canada Drag Race 2, who is my fellow Colombian sister. I love her and um, I got a little message from her. So thank you very much for that. It was such a treat to open that. Yeah, uh, she is a sweetheart. Her um, her partner's a sweetheart. Her entire team was great. I, I had fun with them because uh, we got to hang out a little bit at one of the bars after. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun fun little trip. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to release this podcast. Um, if you really want them faster, friends, you can help me out and buy me a coffee. Literally, buy me a fucking coffee, and I can stay up longer because jet lag is real. It really is, and you were there for for a while. I, I was. I yeah. took two personal days to explore Los Angeles, and I gotta say, Liam, if you're listening, I love you. I'm a New York boy. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> east coast is the best coast yeah it really is i don't know it's the highways and everything being so far apart and the amount of lifts that canceled on me three minutes away because that's what they do in la Nah, it was Mm -mm. very interesting to see on twitter everybody's the the common connection everyone who went to DragCon had was problems with their cabs. It was ridiculous. Every tweet from everybody, I, it was either uh, super super like people getting into accidents, people like something. It was just like bad driving, period. Bad services for car. It, it was very interesting. Yeah. Well, I got some drag news of the week. Um, something that is it gets to be revealed on episode three of this DragCon series, but officially. Drag Race Philippines is coming August 17th. 
But the official news here is Drag Race alum Jiggly Caliente will be one of the judges. And you can hear her exclusively discuss this on part three of my DragCon LA podcast series. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm very excited to see um, this new series. Um, I I know a couple of Filipino uh, drag artists, and they're supremely talented. So I'm I'm just kind of uh, excited to see that. Now, obviously, she can't tell us anything specific, but she did reveal they are doing their own untucked. And she Mm -hmm. said, episode one, they bring it. Mm -hmm. There's drama, so I'm very excited. All right, um, we are on episode eight of Drag Race Espana 2. Um, we're getting to the end. Um, now, I try to stay away from the world of spoilers as best as humanly possible. Obviously, I hear things. Wow, Reddy got it wrong. Yeah. They got it really yeah, wrong. I, I am also aware of the spoilers, as you know. Um, I mean, I don't really care about spoilers, to be quite honest with you. It never ruins the fun, per se. Um, but yeah, I was interested. It was very interesting that we got to the end of the episode, and you and I were talking as you were finalizing the end of the episode, and I got it wrong too. Like I answered before even watching the episode. I was like, "Oh yeah, so and so goes home," and it's like, "Nope, I was wrong. Reddit was wrong. Everybody." Yeah, and that's exciting because we like surprises, um, and we're gonna have to discuss how that ended up happening because mm. the person who we thought was going home ends up winning the episode. Crazy. Yeah, very weird. Speaking of, Marina is here. Marina is still very strong. Marina is talking about herself in third person. Are we really surprised? <laughs> She's quite the uh, artiste. Very know? much so. Um, yeah. She believes no one will want to lip sync against her now, and that is what we call delusion. <laughs> I mean, it was a. You know what? It surprised me. It was a surprising lip sync, and I didn't expect that at all and she she got me gal like i she's yeah she got she could definitely lip sync for sure so you're gonna say that setless is an impeccable queen it was an honor to compete with her as she was just all love in that tiny little body the discussion will head toward marina not knowing what her relationship with jirigi is and what it will be like but she has no desire to be around her there are definitely people in my life that i'm like i've spent too much time with you i don't want to be around you anymore <laughs> And I feel like Jirigi's that person for a lot of us. No, I love her. I would love to hang out with her. I completely disagree. I think, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I said from the beginning, Marina is, seems to be a very sensitive soul. Like yeah. incredibly, incredibly sentimental. And Jirigi uh, is a cutthroat, tell it like it is bitch. And uh, I'm here for it. But that's also my personality. So Fair. I can handle that. Now, Venedita will lighten the mood as she says she is done blonde and she will never do it again. Amanda Masker, I have to ask, have you ever done blonde? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, wigs, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about wigs. I said diet. <laughs> uh, no, I. the most I've ever done was in high school. I had, um, I had to dye my hair blonde. Uh, to get red streaks in my hair. So I had like fair, fair. throughout, but that's as much I, I, it's, my hair is incredibly dark and uh, it's too much painful. It would ruin my hair. I mean, it was just an ordeal and even managing the red was a pain in the ass. So I'm sure mother would be livid if you really blonde. Um, no, you know what it is? She, uh, I think she has more of a grasp on like uh, me cutting my hair. 
like gotcha. it could be a, a Latina thing. I don't know. We have a very strong, you know, attachment to our hair. I don't personally, I could chop my head off and just like wear a pixie if I wanted to. But if mm-hmm. I ever came home like that, oh my goodness. Like, uh, yeah, it would no rapists for you. the house. Yeah, literally none whatsoever. Sharon and Estrella are going to be congratulated for their win. And with more delusion, Marina thinks everyone will want to work with her next. Really? 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 I don't think she's created enough of a relationship, at least from what we've seen with the rest of the contestants for them to, because it's not just about wins and it's not just about, you know, doing well or surviving a lip sync. Like if you don't have the personality and people don't think you're likable, then I just won't want to work with you. Yeah. Well, Marina wants to work with Sharon as she is a beast and Venedita. Meanwhile, she doesn't want to work with anyone. She wants to do it on her own. But the queens are going to be waiting for a sign from Rafaela for what comes next. We're about to see. Um, do you think the ghost of Rafaela Cara is in the workroom? No, she has better things to do. Yeah, she's in Italy do- haunting that one. Yeah, she's exactly. Well, our final five arrive as Marina sings to us. It's a new week on Drag Race España. They're going to walk in talking about Leveneno's friends as there are parallels to them. And all we're going to hear is Australia calling dibs on La Vaqueria. I don't know the show, so I don't know who that is. Um, It's just more friends of Cristina Leveneno. Like, everybody had a, a integral part there, you know? Mm-hmm. Just just another famous prostitute. <laughs> like friend of the housewives. Like Tracy is like a friend of the housewives. She didn't get re- yeah, exactly. invited to the reunion, which is bullshit. Fuck you, Teresa. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Michael. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation that we have not even started to touch on. Um, well, but if memory escapes, I, I'm not 100% sure um, of Christina's close circle. So that's why I don't, I, I just know it's another one of like the main people in her life i just don't know if that's her bestie i can't remember gotcha i don't think so well with only five left they feel like there are people missing um jorigi calls them the spice girls and australia is going to sing a song about baby cubs are you familiar with the song she was singing no (laughs) do you think it will be remixed and played at the club anytime soon no, there's a higher chance of Mocatrice being played at the club. Listen, it is a good song, listeners. Go listen to it. <laughs> well, Jorigi will discuss that the feedback that she got last week's challenge made her sad as it felt like it was an attack on her drag. She feels everyone does drag their way and that that's all that matters. Australia will tell us that Jorigi is a shit stirrer. She fought with Marina twice. She fought with Setless. And in the end, it's hard for the rest of them to get along with her. Now, obviously, you've already defended Jirigi. I am probably on the side of everybody else. How is it that people can see one person so drastically? Um, I think, again, it, it all depends on point of view, right? And, like, we all have different personalities. And, like I said, my personality, I understand people like Jirigi because I am that type of person. So if she were to come, you know, spill the tea and tell it like it is, like, I would take it and I would serve it right back. Versus someone else who's more sensitive, you know, they might have their feelings hurt or my question or her intentions. Um, but again, I don't, it all, it all comes down to each individual person. Marina tells Dereji that Selas wasn't saying that she doesn't like her drag. She just took it personally because she wanted to take it personally. 
Jurigi will tell us that she doesn't know where her relationship with Marina will go as she has other priorities. She claims she wanted to take away the drama, so she answered her pussy phone um, and didn't intentionally fan the flames. But for Australia, though, it felt like she was being arrogant. She doesn't care. Did you find it being arrogant? <laughs> um, I reckon I, I didn't really think so. No, I mean, like, it's just one of those things that she just, it's a sassy attitude. That's it, you know? Well, Veneditas says it's time to forget the incident. They are all literally going to be saved by the bell. As Supreme is looking dapper in blue while the queens are decked out in their rags. Oh, my goodness. Supreme every, boy Supreme every week, really. I mean, and obviously in drag as well, but boy Supreme, oh my goodness. Like workroom Supreme is just those suits. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They continue to rival all of Rue's. Uh, Who? Um who <laughs> exactly all right for the mini challenge it's time for them to use their tongues as everybody loves puppets but that's not their catchphrase <laughs> so I'm like, why is it not their catchphrase because does it not sound as good what would it, what does it translate everybody loves it puppets. would be like yeah a todos les gusta la marionetas like it doesn't sound as fun Okay, fine. It's not as gay. But as what they said, be. but but exactly what they said, it came out great because everybody loves a hole. Yeah, it's great. Well, speaking of, um, it's time to put their hand in a glory hole and they're going to find out who they're about to fist. <gasps> Sorry. All right. Well, um, who would you want <laughs> of those five to get to impersonate? Oh, my goodness. The easiest one, hands down, Estrella. There's no bigger personality in that workroom from the accent, from the sayings, from just, there's everything. You could say so many freaking things about Estrella. Yeah. Well, Venedita selects Marina, Sharon gets Estrella, Jurigi gets Venedita, Marina gets Jurigi, and that leaves Estrella with Sharon. It's all based on fate, but I'm going to say something. There was a camera angle where we got to see behind the glory hole a little bit. Mm -hmm. They were stacked up in a very certain way. Just saying. Oh, yeah, that was completely uh, Riga Morris. For Just sure. Saying. Just saying. All right, they have 10 minutes to get their puppets and drag before they read them to filth. They're going to get to crafts again. Honestly, that just looks like fun. I would love to drag up some of my friend puppets. Um, and watch out. I would be brutal to all of y'all. <laughs> Honestly, with the amount of time they have, all of them sort of end up looking brutal. <laughs> mm hmm. All right. First, we have Benedita with her friend Marina. And she goes in with a helicopter attack. And I think it's kind of funny to watch a puppet be dragged by the head. Um, I thought we were going to lose a head. <laughs> I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> but it all ends with a literal toot because Marina farts. It was yeah. fine. <laughs> Apparently. I was like, I, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't that you, amused. Now, as someone who does drag... Do you think in uh, an episode of Drag Race Smellovision would turn viewers away from ever wanting to be a part of drag? Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Stinky tights alone. Uh people that pad, forget that because you know those pads accumulate so wet. Yeah. Um I mean all sorts of bodies just uh ripe yeah no <laughs> i think everybody would would start hating every type of drag performer because it's definitely not yeah <laughs> all 
All right. Well, next up is Jirichi with her friend Benedita, and she is using a very deep voice, aka aka Miguel Bosé. Kind of, kind of, kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I was gonna it, say. It, 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 this is not where I'm usually at. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Get my voice back. Um, but um, she says that they are sisters separated at birth. As Venedita says, at least the puppet looks good. Um, we are going to hear Venedita's attempt at singing Whitney, and this was a moment we shall never forget um, because even I can sing better. <laughs> but Jirigi says it's hard to find a balance of laughing with and at Venedita. <laughs> that was a really funny, funny, funny moment because <laughs> I think it was just like, it went from flatlining to that little gem of a moment. And so yeah. it was, <laughs> it was great. It saved Sh- her, I think. It did. Sharon arrives with her friend, Estrella. It's a performance, of course. She mm. gets the voice so well. She hasn't pulled the puppet out and we already have comedy. She has arrived as divine and she nails her wild laugh. She is quite the character. And when Estrella tells her joke about her and Sharon, um, and her and Sharon says she doesn't like poking fun at people with reduced mobility or pregnant people, and she's both. And I was like, oh my god, this is funny. This is like the only person who can get away making a fat joke. Honestly, I was so, <laughs> so, so, so captured by the whole performance because, again, I like we started, you know, when we uh, started talking, Estrella already is quite the funny person, like quite a character. And then you really, really, really took it and even more an extreme. So mm-hmm. um, Sharon did a good job. Like I really, I think she's the only one that really nailed that, to be honest. Well, it's Estrella's turn to get Sharon and we have her dressed as a nun. And for Estrella, we have her take Sharon's character to the workhorse side, getting upset that Estrella hasn't learned the song yet. Sharon says she is never this serious, and the girls don't understand the impression because it was very strange. And even Supreme, you could see, was very confused. That, the the face Supreme made, I kind of, like, I want to save that because I think I feel that way a lot with what yeah. I see sometimes. And it's like, I really can't believe that someone, you know, it's proof that if you're funny sometimes or, like, a big character, it doesn't mean that you can actually be funny on purpose. Yeah. And yeah, it, it definitely surprised me because I expected her to do so much better. And finally, we have Marina with Jirigi, who starts with a phone from her pussy. Her impression is very exaggerated and, well, it's not wrong. Marina is worried that Jirigi will put a hex on her or jinx her while she's doing her impression. But Jirigi is not bothered by the impression, but feels embarrassed for Marina. We're getting that full throttle villain edit from Jirigi this week. <laughs> this, uh, this... All of a sudden, there's no trans rights. <laughs> we went from trans rights to no trans rights. Listen, I I think again, I I don't. I think she really was highlighted just at being the shadiest out of everyone, and that's the truth. I wouldn't deny that at all. I think for, and I think she'd admit it herself. She's absolutely fucking shady as hell. And Marina, like, I mean, she did it. I mean, she. Yeah. She literally like was copying almost what she said before. So I mean, listen, some people who are actually nice, good people, when you get on television, 
it's easy to edit you as a certain kind of character. I mean, I'm not saying any names, but if season 15 is season 15, someone you and I may know very well may get a villain of it just because they are blunt. <laughs> it's going to be good for good TV, but it's going to be, mm, I'm going to take my popcorn. It's going to be so good. I worried about that. I'm I so love worried. that, but, but we'll see. No, it's going to be great. Um, no, but I don't, you know what? I, I think everybody has some sort of a redemption circle, if you will. Sure. And um, it all sort of works out in the end. And even if she gets this super shady edit, we'll see that we get a, a different a different story later. Well, the winner of the mini challenge is Shocker Shuram. She wins two tickets to Malu concert. And for some reason, this doesn't seem like a prize Shuram would want. Because I don't know if she wants to go see a 19-year-old pop star. <laughs> she's it was her reaction was like oh yay like give it to the niece and it's nephew the equivalent, it was the equivalent of sasha valore winning hamburger marys and like hair care products which literally was, literally literally well for this week's monologues we will see our five to five monologues in the drag race espana roast marina has had it trying to be a comedy queen and you'd think that would have been the tell that this is going to be in a bad episode for her but alas it was wrong mm. so who are mm -hmm. they going to be roasting um supreme invites the final five from season one dovima normie poopy poison sagittaria killer queen and carmen ferala who is a blonde um do you think first off that last season's top five were surprised by who was still there oh yeah yeah who do you think they are most surprised to see Australia? Uh no, I well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like probably um her because I think the last time they saw her she was pretty busted. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know, maybe I mean I, I know that they obviously weren't surprised to see Sharon there. That's the right. only one that like I think everybody was like, Oh yeah, for sure. That's like our sister. We we know her. Now I wanna Put a little conspiracy theory out there. The order that they were introduced. Five. Four. Was it three, two, one? Or was it an mm. alphabetical, reverse alphabetical order? Dun, dun, dun. Dane Killer Queen come in second? It's possible. She did better on the lip sync than Sagittarius um. did. Just yeah, saying. but look-wise, I don't know. Hey! There's a lot of factors there. Don't be mean to Ariel Rex's sister. No. <laughs> All right. As the winner of the mini-challenge, Sharon will get to assign the order, obviously a thing that has happened on every franchise before. But for Benedita, she doesn't care where she goes as long as it's not last. We're going to have the two top five stand around the table as they begin to prepare their material and swap roast stories. When Supreme asked this year's class to talk about how they did, they thought the others did last year, Venedita says that they were tolerable. The shade has begun. <laughs> to be fair, I don't even remember the challenge. I literally was about to say, yeah, I, I was going to ask, did they do a roast last year for last season? I can't remember. Uh but they did. <laughs> now, Supreme will reveal that the guest judge this week is Annabelle Alonso, a comedian and actress, and she is basically the Spanish version of Ellen. Why do I say this? 
Well, she is the voice of Dory in the Spanish spoken version of Finding Nemo, and she's gay. Yay! <laughs> Spanish Ellen. Um, I know that's probably really <laughs> rude, but it, the, the parallels are there. I love Finding Nemo. Do you like Finding Nemo? Is Dory your favorite? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Finding Nemo. I have a very good memory of that. Like, I actually watched Finding Nemo the first time uh, in theaters in Colombia. It was uh, oh. summer vacation, and I was yeah. So I watched it in Spanish the first time, um, and like my family and I, like we loved it. It was really cute. Estrella is worried what happened to Poopy last year will happen to her. She's expected to be funny, but the execution won't be there. Sharon wants their guests to choose who they chat with. And while some of them say it's her responsibility, Poopy steps in and says she wants to talk to Venus. Who? Who's Venus? <laughs> Venus Extravaganza? No, no, it's Estrella. I was like, this is funny yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> how did she not know who it was? She old. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Poopy and Estrella paired, Sharon says they're just going to go down the line. Marina and Dovima, Estrella and Poopy, Venetita and Sagittaria, Jurigi and Killer Queen, and our two season winners, Sharon and Carmen. Sorry, I Sharon hasn't officially <laughs> won yet, um, but let's be real at this point. But the writing is on the wall. <laughs> so, no, I'll... Speaking of season one, I didn't get to do the Carmen Ferrella interview, but I did get to stand next to her outside of our hotel. <gasps> Stunning. She is so sweet. And I know she had her assistant there who was interpreting most of the weekend. Um, and I saw the fear in her eyes when I was just talking to her because she was like, I don't know if I can have this conversation. I don't know if I can do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to bother you anymore. But she is stunning. Short, oh my but stunning. I, I can't believe you were breathing the same air as Carmen Farrella. But oh I God. can imagine, though. I I can. It's the equivalent. I feel like, yeah. It's always a. Uh, it's always uh, uh, very fearful when someone um, Spanish all of a sudden gets attacked in English. It's like, yeah. what? Okay, what are you exactly. saying? Yeah. And I like. Then I, I was like, you you look beautiful. And then I showed her a picture that I took from the yeah. Queen's Walk, and then she smiled yeah. and was like, Gracias. I was like. She must have been like, what the fuck is yeah. he saying? Oh, Literally. wait, that is me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Venedita goes right into Sagittarius, asking her to tell them about their weaknesses and, and spins it about what she can tell her and what she should not say. She tells her that with Dovima, she can go all out. The darker the humor, the better. With Poopy, don't go with the obvious, like her age and her name. With her, don't do anything about her name. And Venedita likes Sagittarius and thinks she has more than one brain cell. How many brain cells do you have? I think I think I have like three left. Um, well, after COVID, I mean, Ugh. she's still dealing with long COVID, so God knows I'm like holding yeah. on for dear life. <laughs> Sharon says it's funny that it worked out that she was with Carmen, as Carmen too had to choose the order. But ma'am, ma'am, you did that on purpose. Don't play me. I'm not that dumb. She set that up. They're so smart. They're so clever, these queens. So clever. Sharon doesn't like going first or last, so she's planning to go in the middle. But Carmen tells her that the first one might get nervous. The second is when the audience is receptive and thinks it's a good position for her. So she's going to take that advice. Australia is thinking for her concept. She will imitate each of one of them. And I'm like, yo, do you realize the bomb you just set in the mini challenge? Like, why would you do that again? 
Yeah. Poopy's going to tell her. Thought process there. Yeah, Poopy's going to tell her to create a storyline with an introduction. And Estrella is glad she had Poopy, as she knows she would have had zero comedy advice from Davina. There's the joke. Speaking <laughs> of, she is with Marina. And Marina thinks it's all about um it's all been said about killer queen she advises that she says something about them being a doctor or um as it's something she always mentions um and marina is fond of dovima's advice which i'm like which was what what was her advice apparently she emphasized empathized with her but i guess that was all for the cutting room floor you know to be honest with you i really didn't really see the need for any of them to come back and like, and like, did you find that necessary? Because I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, like, it's like the Avengers. Like, why? It's like the multiverse. They're coming together. Yeah, we love these moments. No, well, I mean, we do. I'm not saying I didn't love it. I'm just saying, was it necessary? Did yeah, it add to anything? Because... Do you think it made things better? Yeah, because when we find out that Marina wins with the advice from Dovima, that's what we, ne- what we never saw. Somehow it works. I mean, but is it like, could you really attribute that to the season one queen, you know, helping the season two queen? Or is it just a season two queen revealing something she already had in her like back pocket? I mean, are they going to do this for season three and bring like everybody back? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know what? I don't know. Let's let's just call Supreme Deluxe right now and ask her. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, she's on speed dial. Finally, we got Joriji, who's telling Killer that she wants to set this up as a family reunion. Apparently, before this moment, there was a discussion of her dressing as a trip with Christmas tree, and Killer tells her that if she's going to do like a family dinner, make it like a good Christmas dinner. Shit always goes down to Christmas dinner. T. Yeah. What is the worst Christmas <laughs> dinner the Massacre family has ever had? Oh, God. Um, uh... And is your restraining over order over? <laughs> no you know what it's actually even even for a colombian family i think it's been pretty chill i think the only thing i can remember that like is still like tattooed in my brain and i mean this is just my issue to work through was when i was little uh we were spending the holidays again in colombia and i being the only american in the family i guess i took it upon myself to do like a little dinner theater if you will of course. Um, and so I like, yeah, of course, naturally, why wouldn't I? And I like recruited my cousins and like we did this whole little play in front of everybody. And it, not for not like my mom was the one that was like, what are you doing? Like, everybody stopped. Like, don't ever do this again. This is horrible. Like, why would you do this? Nobody cares. Nobody understands. And it's like that sort of turned into like, you know, yelling and people upset and that's all I can really remember, to be honest. But other than and that, this like, is why Amanda Masker is a drag queen. Yeah, <laughs> that was the real origin story. There it is. All right. Well, it's a new day, and Estrella is writing in her diary about how she's with her friends, but she's not going to read the rest. And I'm like, that's fully a burn book. Also, I want to have a burn book. Should I have a burn book? I think you should. The Block Talk burn book. Could you mm. fucking imagine the shit mm. I could tell about people? Girl, that's from behind the paywall. (laughs) That's for your biography down the road. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Marina thinks that today could be a great day or a dangerous day. I mean, she's not not wrong. Marina knows it's a difficult challenge, but this is the chance to pull 
out the skills they they put in. Venedita says they should at least try and enjoy it. And now for the running order. And I guess Sharon, you know, needs to share what her ideas were. Marina has asked to be put first, but it goes with what she wants to do. She's going to go for something that's not standard for commercial roasting. So what is Sharon going to do? She's going to put her last. That, my friend, is, is shade. She's serious Sharon in this moment. And as Marina is literally about to die, she's like, ah, psych. Um, Sharon just literally made Marina shit her pants. I would have strangled her. I would have killed <laughs> Sharon. The fear she that just, that girl that... <laughs> had in her eyes. I, I'm telling you, Marina is just like quite the little delicate, the little delicate flower. Everything seems to bother her. Estrella <laughs> mm-hmm. has asked to go third. Venedita asks to go fourth. That leaves second and last. And we know that Sharon wants to go second. So Dereji will volunteer for last. That was just too easy. Are you fucking kidding me? She didn't even have to pick a fucking running order. Yeah, everybody just. Pull an Ellie Diamond and piss someone off. (laughs) I don't think it's in Sharon's nature. I think she, I don't think any, and actually I don't think any of them would have really, like they would have focused on themselves and then everything else would have just fallen into place. Well, in today's edition of Backstory Roulette, it's the tale of Jirigi's grandma we see in a photograph. Apparently it is with some Central European queen, I didn't do the research to figure out who exactly it was. Did you? No, no, I did not. Well, we're going to learn that Jirigi's grandma left Spain during the Franco era with her grandfather. They moved to Brussels where he was a furniture maker in Spanish style, and the queen was one of his clients. She shares that her grandma was a very generous and incredible woman. She was very intelligent, even though she didn't go to college. But while dealing with financial problems, they left Brussels. Jirigi was ultimately born in Madrid, but moved when she was five again due to money. They all lived in the same house, and because her parents were so busy, her grandma was her second mom. Now, Benedita tells us that her grandma used to take care of her when she was little while her mom worked, so she understands this story. Jirigi's grandmother paid for her first dance and voice lessons. She was the first one to really support her. But during COVID, she would spend half the month in Paris, half the month in Brussels, and due to a gig, she couldn't get a chance to have dinner with her grandma. She promised she would go to Paris with her when they got back, but her cousins and aunt and uncles got COVID and her grandma got sick and passed the next morning, not even 24 hours. For Jirigi, the lesson is life is too short and the time is now. Oof. We got to see a vulnerable side of Jirigi and... For her, she's not, like, overtly emotional. She doesn't, like, sob. But you can see that this still is a big part of what she's dealing with. Oh, absolutely. You can tell that. um, Yeah, I don't even like using the word regret, but I feel like it's probably the best word right now. Like, she definitely has some some sort of regret that, like, fuck, I should have not gone to that gig and gone and seen my grandmother because it would have ended up being the last time I actually saw her. Believe me, I i mean, I understand it. I never got to say goodbye to my dad. Um, I regret the decision majorly Same. now because the last time he called me, I was um, with Ghost Boy and decided that was more important in the moment. And I'll never, I'm, I'm going to yeah. have to live with that for the rest of my life. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we make choices and, you know, it's, we don't know. I mean, I kind of yeah. made the same decision too. Like my dad, uh, before he passed, he was in, in the hospital for what seemed like a pneumonia. And he always had those all the time because he suffered from right. really bad asthma. And so it was just like, for me, I was just like, oh, it's just another time that dad's in the hospital. Like he'll get out of this one. Like, again, because I just grew up with it so many times. And then finally it was like, oh no, like he's not going to get out of this one and like go yeah. say goodbye. And like, I never, I, I don't like hospitals for the record. Like I don't like any of those things. So I was the only one that like really didn't visit. Right. Um, because I'm just, I'm too much of a germaphobe. Like it like really like grosses me out and like it leaves an impression. Like I really don't like hospitals. And, um, you know, I had to like suck it up and like go. And that was like, it was too late by then, you yeah. know, like, yeah, he was, he was there, but like, we couldn't have like a proper conversation or anything, but you know, again, things happen for a reason. And I think um, in spite of feeling some sort of way about it, I think what I understood kind of, and I feel like Jirigi probably feels this way is like, you know, it is what it is. And what we're going to do is move forward and be better, you know, do better, I guess, yeah. next time. Well, Benedita is going to ask about how the relationship was when it came to her transition. She says she was always scared that she wouldn't accept or understand it. When she passed, she felt that she didn't have that pressure anymore. She felt that she was completely blowing off her life and the person that she is. She had been lying to herself in order to not hurt her family or others. She now feels you shouldn't not do things in lieu of fear. To all the trans kids of today, she tells them they don't have to be afraid as there is nothing wrong being trans. Trans visibility is growing every day and she is ready to conquer the world really powerful moment but if this was not an elimination setup then the show's editors um, have become brilliant and are sending me off the scent yeah i as deep and meaningful as it was i was like oh no you really guys like i was like oh no we all know what these little monologues mean like when it gets so serious and you're finding out so many things you didn't know about the contestant you already know Right. And obviously I said earlier in the episode that like, oh my God, villain edit, villain edit. And then we're like, woo, 180 here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm glad that she got that moment too. And, you know, it was a good, I, I feel like uh, this season, they did a really good job of, you know, speaking to the fact that she is a trans, you know, woman and really highlighting the importance of that, you know, um, but also they did a good job in saying like, she's not just a trans woman. She's all these other things and more, but it's exactly. great to have Shitster. that visibility. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting to hear this because she's talking about how this bond with her and her grandma was so important. And yet she wasn't fully herself with her grandma. And if you want to talk about regret, that's probably the biggest regret she has. Yeah, I think for sure. And, you know, she did kind of say that, you know, I, that in hindsight, she thinks her grandmother would have been okay with it, yeah. you know, and that she wished she had told her grandmother. But unfortunately, in our cultures, I, I do have to say it is quite homophobic and transphobic. So, I mean, like, my family doesn't know I do drag, my family doesn't know I'm queer. And like, you know, I'm going to keep it that way, because yeah. it comes from a place of like, not me, you know, like, it's not about me not being free to be myself. It's about dealing with people that don't necessarily understand or want to understand. So why would I kind of waste that energy? And I think mm -hmm. probably that's where Jirigi was, where it's like, all right, well, maybe in front of grandma, 
I'm going to do this, but outside I'm going to live my life and be whoever I want to be. And, you know, it's just easier to deal with and move on with my life that way. Well, let's get to the main stage to see Supreme wearing drag and the return of the rooted gray wig. At least this felt intentional. <laughs> Listen, I love her signature, so stop. As always, we have the hobbies. Anna Locking, who is every day getting draggier and draggier than the fucking queens on the main stage. Honestly, she is an inspiration. <laughs> she and is quite a vision. We have the previously revealed Annabelle Alonso. Um, now, were you familiar with Annabelle at all? No, not at all. Um, I. It's so funny. As much as I know about Spanish culture, I am not 100% into like pop culture unless it's like music. So fair, fair. I was like, well, okay, great. You know. We are going to begin with the roast, then do the critiques and the runways. Okay. Our season one queens are sitting on the side, and Dovima is Norma Desmonding this bitch. She does not move her face or her body, but more on that later. We're going to begin with Marina, who begins by saying sorry for the absence of Marina, who has passed away. No, no, no. The bitch was nervous, so this bitch is going to take her place. And Marina is going to step out from the podium, which is a bold move. And the show is about to start. The gimmick is she's playing Marina's fairy, who grants the wishes of all the queens of the land. Cute concept, and one that's going to play out pretty damn well. First, she starts with Carmen, who the trend of this roast is to not use her last name properly. You're going to have to explain some of them if you're able to. Um, I was able to do a little bit of research. Um, But this time we're going to start with Carmen Flores, Carmen Fucker, as the subtitle said. Yes. Um, yes. She asked to be the winner of Drag Race Espana 1, and it came true. She She says she looks so beautiful with the flowers and asks if they are to distract from how natural she isn't. Come on, face work. <laughs> Listen, if 30,000 euros. If you are that naturally beautiful with a little nip tucking, you're we, we can give her a pass, right? She's stunning. Yeah. So far, Marina's doing well. Speaking of miracles, she wonders how Sagittaria got to the finale with only two neuron- neurons. She says she looks radiant from far away because if she got close, she would see a crooked nose and a personality that stands out on the side of a milk carton missing. That was good. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) What I liked about it was that this character she chose to do, even though everything she said was shady as hell, none of it came off shady whatsoever it came off super cute and even there was a point where i was like even though i knew what she was saying and i knew it was funny i was like is it funny or is it just like you know i don't know it just seems sometimes a little too cutesy at times like it's it was all the delivery that's what i think worked for her yeah now she says ariel wreck i mean she means killer queen she's (laughs) a poster girl for every social and political issue she says why don't you run for president leave us all alone already Okay, that was funny. That, that was cute. Uh, obviously, it's more of a span inside joke, Spain inside joke that we don't know yeah. about. Um, Killer being like a the poster child for all political movements. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. We love it. Love, live for that. And she says, Dovima Normi looks gorgeous. She says she is Hell's Fox, but after seeing Gran Hotel de Reinas, it's more like a taxidermy fox because the bitch doesn't move an inch. 
That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and also, what was, a way to to plug <laughs> to plug the official right? tour of Drag Race España. What was so good was that Dovima has this character she's trying to portray and be in this moment. She doesn't want to laugh, but she's keeping it inside so badly. She's failing so miserably. There you go with that. <laughs> so funny. Like she'll like cover her mouth and you know that she is about to just burst open. It was very, very burst, good. yeah. This was the first time and probably only time that I enjoyed doing even normie on my screen. <laughs> poopy. Poopy poopy. Shame, shame, shame. Two runways. And get it. What, what, what was the joke here? I don't like I um so I had prefaced to that I because Spanish is in my first language, I humor in Spanish doesn't translate the same way to me. Like if I find mm-hmm. something funny in English, like I, I understand it, I can laugh. But with this, I I don't get the joke at the same time either. And I think what she was just getting at the fact that like poopy's runaways are all shit. That's yeah. all I was that was that Fair. was the conclusion for me. But I didn't but I didn't think it was funny. I was like, oh okay. And then she forgets to grant Carmen a wish a moment ago to meet Marina. She takes off her wig and Marina arrives and, and says that after seeing the cast of season two, they all hope they're going to get a job one day. And she's like, that was good. <laughs> Upgrade. Marina was so much better than we all thought she was going to be. I thought this was going to be like Alexis Michelle level, like insult comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, either that or I thought it really was going to be a like a pheromone kind of like... <gasps> like okay let's get this roast to cooking kind of like she didn't know what to do or what to say but um she had she was very prepared and i i guess i didn't expect that from her at all like off book yeah yeah i actually like no podium no paper nothing just like really like she must have studied all that so hard and memorized everything and just either that or just really kicked into like improv i mean she definitely has to have some sort of theatrical background and i think she played off of that tremendously and just really improved so well it's Sarone's gig next she remains behind the podium and she is a natural her fellow contestants like to remind her that she's 45 and she is elderly a mummy a pterodactyl and she almost believed them but then she remembered poopy and she got over it (laughs) <laughs> it was, it was, I mean she roasted herself there too which I love I always love uh, people that can make fun of themselves and then she thought she would have a yearning to be young and then she remembered Sagittaria and she got over it <laughs> <laughs> she tells Sagittaria that maturity will catch up to her one day and she'll want to run away but no matter how fast she runs it will catch up with her because maturity runs faster than books and books still haven't caught up to her <laughs> she called her dumb <laughs> she says youth is all about attitude like killer queen logically she's a lot younger than her but she already needs a hip replacement she calls herself a lip sync assassin and this joke is only funny in spanish as sharon says the phrase lip sync assassin and how funny it sounds that her ass is in trouble okay fine i get it obviously it may, makes more sense in spanish because the subtitle is like what what's right. the where's the jokes it, 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 right, it's right. spanish i got it that's fine you can have that one. <laughs> she could say a lot of things about Tovima Normie, but she is not going to say anything. She'll let Twitter do it for her. 
That I screamed because, as you know, Dovima has quite the presence on Twitter, um, aside from anything recent, but apparently this is a history with her that she's quite the the shitster on Twitter. So that yeah. was that was that was like a it was an inside joke that I was in on, and that's I appreciated it. You know, it's like oh yeah, I've seen that, I've seen all of that. Oh how funny! So uh, she has a reputation, I see. Mm -hmm. Now again with the Carmen name thing, Carmen Naranja, she tells her she is an icon and not. To not let anyone say otherwise, as she served as the inspiration for Naranjo from the 82 World Cup. Now, why is this funny? I did some research. Because this character, this mascot, is an orange. She's calling her orange. And the orange jokes yes. keep going. And the second going. time around, it's much funnier. Yes. Yes, I thought that was very, very funny that she just kept going and kept insisting. And... <laughs> it's just like your penis know, is because, a carrot yeah like literally like she took it there and uh, i was yeah I, I i thought it was very funny yes sharon is a star yeah there are Does two she, i there are two sides of drag right now i alluded to it earlier i'm gonna allude to it later I, this is sharon's game to lose but putting her next to carmen they're both superstars in two fucking different ways. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, I think knowing uh, about Sharon before, you know, watching Drag Race, uh, I mean, this is what she does. Like, if you literally look at some of the things she's known for, she's known for a lot of impersonations. She's mm -hmm. known for her comedy. She's known for her, you know, improv. She's known for theater. She's known for singing. So, I expected from the very beginning when they announced the challenge that she would do well yeah. and she didn't disappoint at all. And I, again, going back to what I was saying about like just understanding Spanish humor, she was one of the only ones um, that went that I actually understood and yeah. genuinely laughed at and like got the joke. Estrella is up and she decides to be an agent for all the girls. Well, she thought, why not try to fix her bad snatch game? What a decision here. She is here to talk up all the girls and get them jobs. She starts with Killer Queen, who is also known as the Drag Assassin. And she's a girl who is a doctor, and she's great for birthday parties for kids. She grabs her glue gun, runs into the wall, gets up. Boom, it's the trademark Killer Queen look. Um, obviously, we're making fun of um, the death drop that Killer Queen mm -hmm. is bestly known for, which I don't really remember. I, I think Killer Queen is amazing. Yeah, I. It was like a grasping at straws, if you will. You know, yeah. it's like you have to make fun of her. What could you say that wasn't already said? Because the funniest then, thing really was when they introduced her as Ariel Wreck. That was the yeah. funniest one. So, what else you could wanna, you possibly say? Well, you want a coat stand? She can do that. A Christmas tree? She can do that. You want a doctor? She's gonna say she can do that. But yeah, you want a pinata? She of course can do that. When the party is over, she will take your food. And I was like, oh, fat joke, funny. It worked. I, this is kind of just an extension of the mini challenge. Um, the entire time for me, it was just crickets. And she could have been saying things that had potential, but the delivery, I don't know. Again, it's just one of those things where I think she's a very funny person on her own when she's not yeah. trying, but when she's genuinely trying to be funny, it just doesn't work. And, and sometimes, I mean, that, that happens. It is, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Well, she is also the agent for Poopy, who is a legend, as old as the Rosetta Stone. And she's perfect girl for karaoke parties. She's a festival slot, a Christmas slot, slot remix, acoustic slot, symphonic slot, and chill out slot. Is that what it sounded like in Spanish? Was that the joke? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, was it funny? I did not think so. Like in either language, I just didn't. Now, she does get a good joke in with Poopy. She is perfect for reality shows. How many she's signed up for, and she's never won any of them. What's next? The Voice Senior Edition or the Voice Junior Edition, if it's by height, not by age. I was like, that's funny. That was good. <laughs> next is Carmen Potato, because she's basic. Are potatoes basic? I think they're one of the best they're, vegetables ever. Starches they ever. are so versatile you get fries you can do hash browns you can do hash you can do baked you can no they're it's, delicious they're so good yeah um, how is that so basic do, do spanish people not like potatoes they love it one of their main ditches is patatas bravas like they need yeah. potatoes no weird okay um she says don't ask her to do too much as she is evolving into carmen de marena um Y'all just do the Google search. The joke is about her face. And while this lady has definitely had face work done to the extreme. Um, <laughs> like Amanda Lepore times 50. Wow. Terrifying. All right. So that, so that was the joke. So you needed the reference. Exactly. So, I mean, like, again. Now the last two Australia will rent out as a package deal. Deal. They're inseparable. Sagittaria Valium and Drowsy Normie. They are perfect for decorating any funeral. They don't talk. They don't laugh. They don't move. They breathe when they can. They listen or pretend to. Now, Sagittaria, you can tell your husband just died and she'll go, eh, 404, I have not found. Okay, that was kind of funny. That, 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 was, that was a good joke. <laughs> Davima is perfect for haunted houses and ghosting people as she goes, ooh, and we get to hear her mock her laugh as she's like a little siren. Dovima really does have a weird laugh. <laughs> That's why she's so serious most of the time. I'm, I, she's probably yeah. afraid of people hearing her like actually crack up. But this was Australia's client list, but hire her instead. I thought it was a good punchline, but it got, took a while to finally get there. It, it really, it, it took a while. And I think that's why I didn't enjoy the set at all because I, she took way too long. I, there, where are the jokes? It wasn't an, enough and i again it just goes back to really funny personality but maybe not necessarily funny on paper when she needs to be funny Australia was just talking a mile a minute but i'm sure to some people it worked was she her ultimate placement perfect yeah she was right in the middle yeah yeah exactly then adita is here and she's going to be herself and she is going to deliver like dovima likes her semen in your face. <laughs> yeah. She has brought a Mandela book to color in because she was stressed and it's going to show. Um, this was not a good showing for Veneditha. I was, you know, I, I want to say I was surprised, but part of me when I started, I, I didn't know whether to peg her as someone who could be funny or do this. So I wasn't sure. And then as she kept going again, she had some funny moments. And then mm -hmm. most of it, again, was pretty dead and flatline. So 
she starts with Dilema and says she looks like a porcelain doll, especially a, a Yadro doll, which is useless and pointless. She has nothing to say about Poopy, as everyone knows she's the girl from The Exorcist in the haunted house. It was the role of a lifetime. Okay. Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. She loved that the advice that Sagittarius gave her, and she followed none of it. She can't take advice from someone she can't trust. Setup was there. Punchline was not. Yeah. Reading is just not her thing, but she hopes she can read lips. Good luck. <laughs> she says killer queen is so cute she's a good girl she has heard her say that if you fight for your dream it will come true she doesn't believe it, it believe it but it has worked for her she dreamed of being on drag race it came mm. true she dreamed of reaching the finale it came true mm. maybe she should have dreamed of doing a death drop well mm. okay <laughs> and finally carmen she came here to talk about her real foundation Bidoman from judea are you familiar with this is this reference? No, no, and I did not get a chance. To may look I? It may up. I tell you? Yes, yes. It is a foundation, basically called Syrian Asphalt. It's black. <gasps> so I was like a a Raven joke. <laughs> yep, we went full dark mode Raven here. Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I I I googled it and I was like. Who puts that on their body? Why would you do that? Um, not good. Not a good look. Not a good look. Um, she just says that she's happy for Carmen and just wants to remind her one thing. Income taxes. Is that a problem in Spain too? I think it's just a problem. In this economy, everything. It's always going to be a problem everywhere. I no hope Carmen isn't turned into Sharon Needles. Pay your taxes. Oh my God. Oh God. Venedita, I think, would have been safe in a large group, but this was just not enough to take down the weakest of the top. There was just no way. Yeah, it was sort of, it would have been okay, like you said, if it's the equivalent of a, a safe anywhere else, but um, but yeah, it, it just wasn't good enough for this time. And I do have to say, though, I think out of everyone during the roast, I think she looked the best. I mean, if that's sure. something yeah. to talk about, that was not, well, she wasn't what? the funniest, but she you looked the best during the Speaking roast. Speaking of dressing, let's talk about Jiriji, who, yes, really decided to dress up as a Christmas tree. A choice. <laughs> but we do have her set up as a family reunion. She is going to share that what she learned from them and inherited from all the others. From a killer queen, she learned that more is more and bad taste does exist. That's why she wore what she's wearing. So once in her life, Killer Queen won't be the worst dressed, even though she's not making it easy for her. Okay, that was fine. I was, you're. I know you're going to disagree with me, but again, and, and this is not a biased opinion whatsoever, but me watching it in Spanish, Drigi was the other one that actually made me laugh. Like I, LOL, like actually understood the jokes in Spanish, deciphered them, understood them, digested them laughed and mm -hmm. i'm i'm surprised by the turnout of the episode because in my book this was the winning monologue but interesting okay well let's but i digress one. and we'll get there yeah carmen ferrada taught her you can be funny and beautiful because the two curtains she wore for the final finale look that was a good joke oh i was screaming it was so good because 
I think you and I, we had this discussion about, you know, when we reviewed the finale and I was like, she looked good, but she could have looked better. And I think that was, that was the joke there. Yep. That's right. She says the person she's just like is Sagittaria. Why? She's a brain dead bimbo too. They are the reason why shampoos still come with instructions. That was funny. That was so funny. And actually, it made me think too. I was like, why do shampoo? But like, doesn't it, isn't it, doesn't it make sense? Yes. Put on scalp rub. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are (laughs) idiots out there who will drink it. No, I know. Clearly, we're uh, living in a world where people eat Tide Pods and uh, of the sort. So I'm not surprised. She's learned a lot. But it was from, a good joke. It was a very good joke. <laughs> She's learned a lot from Davima and Normie. If you're going to be two-faced, at least make one of them pretty. She also says that she's so <laughs> rancid that her organs aren't even worth donating. Okay, so, fine. No, it was it was We've funny. We've heard in it Spanish. before. Telling, okay. I know, I know, but it was still funny. I guess because everybody else didn't make me laugh. I don't know. I heard something that tickled me. And Poopy is a perfect example that you don't have to dress well to show you've got talent. The last time she saw something that looked like her drag, she flushed. She's such a shady bitch. I love it. (laughs) She's not going to mention her age, but when she was little, rainbows were in black and white, and the Dead Sea was just starting to feel a little ill. Oh, and they canceled her communion because of the Spanish Inquisition. Isn't it nice to have old jokes that are not the same as we get every fucking time on drag race america yes they were very clever like she yeah. really like i mean she got historical shit like that was her didn't she opened yeah. a history book yeah literally she thanks carmen because she's taught her that with a good reveal you can win anything as she's going to reveal her jingle bells <laughs> it was good was it the worst no, and that's what I'm saying. These five in any other setting would have all moved on to the next week. Yeah, they all would have been safe. But I don't know. Again, maybe it could have just been the the difference of language. I, I have to talk to someone else who watched it in Spanish. But I feel like, I don't know. I, I still thought she was the most entertaining. I, I, th- I think had the this most was jokes. A, a strong roast. Was it cringe? Yeah. No, it wasn't. No one was cringe. No. No, the only person I think that, again, for me was a, a smidgy cringe, I would say, is Estrella, just because, again, the, the way she presented the character and the way she kept talking fast, the way, like, the jokes were in landing, and that was cringe to me. Like, that was, like, crickets. But, it, it, I yeah. mean, we've definitely seen worse in other franchises, for sure, for sure. Like, deadpan, like, no, just... All right, let's get to the runway. Um, Category is Spanish heroines. And in honor of the runway, we are going to play Hero or Zero. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Judy G. Clee, no designers listed. She is paying homage to all the women who lost their lives during the Franco era. It's macrame from top to bottom. I think it's a very evocative runway as when you see her head, there is a gunshot in homage to the 13 Roses. For those who are unfamiliar, after the Spanish Civil War, 13 young women were executed under the made-up charges of helping the rebellion. This was very, very strong look. Um, she is a model, and in this moment, um, this was very powerful. This is when art and history collided. Oh, absolutely. And I think it goes to show you how um, you know political and historical referential drag is. Like It, yeah. it was very, very serious. 
Uh, but again, you know, she brought the classic Dreegy beauty to it and, you know, the model-esque and um, she really, really sold it. And it really, I don't know, it was, it was such a beautiful and stunning look from her. Um, I, I really appreciated um, the artistry behind everything. And then we learned the significance of the fabric, you know, from the yeah. outfit. And it's like an even deeper, more personal now, meaning. And so are, are you someone who is familiar with the history of Spain with the Franco um, dictatorship and everything? <sighs> Not as much as I should be, no. I think that's what this season has taught me about how much I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like I, I guess, or what I thought I knew wasn't exactly the truth. Right, and, and that's what's so fascinating. should go back and research more, yeah. Because, like, a lot of the time when we watch a movie about another country and their history, mm-hmm. it's through the American lens. We don't have right. any films about the Franco dictatorship in America. But I want to know about it. I'm really Can curious. I- because no, like especially... this, was, this wasn't like early 20th century. This happened until 1975. This right. is recent and memory. Have... <laughs> and then you have the only reference now is like Estrella doing the right. <laughs> the look on the runway and people thinking it was Hitler. I mean, it's like. So I, I'm really curious. I really, I, I am one of those people who I don't seek out history, but when history comes to me, I'm fascinated by it and I want to learn more. Um, so this one, oh, absolutely. This I'm one I'm very excited there with about. you. But there is a movie um, yeah. about the 13 Roses in Spanish that um, maybe I'll go look and watch it. Oh, okay. So Anna will start off and ask what inspired the look. And she says her grandma went from Spain to Brussels during the Franco era. And this look is made from the crochet she got from her when she passed. Everything is connected. And Anna says she is reconstructing history. It makes her tear up and she is impressed. Supreme asks her how she felt about the roast, and Dreji says she was shitting herself. Kavl says she turned the roast into something positive, and maybe she's not bitchy, but she played it nice and naive and then stuck the knife in. He says she needs to be more confident. Annabelle says she, being the last one, makes you nervous, as they have said all, but congratulates her on that. She couldn't tell that she was super nervous. She was very calm. Interesting critiques here. Yeah, uh, after having watched the roast and having the opinion that I had about it, to all of a sudden hear kind of like these mediocre like comments from it, I was very surprised. I'm like, was I watching a different roast than yeah, you guys I, I were think watching? For them, when it comes to comedy, they want like boisterous. They want an Australia. They want a Sharon. You're not going to get that from Kadrija because it doesn't match up. It doesn't line up. Yeah, it's not her personality in the slightest. But I still think like. You know, again, if she's going to be shady, like that's what she gave us because she's shady. Yep. And so she just pumped up the volume on the shade and, you know, made it funny. But I don't know what they were expecting um, from her. I don't know. I was very surprised. I, I really expected her, especially seeing the roast and then seeing her runway look. I just, I don't know. She, she didn't get the flowers I wanted her to get. Yep. Let's put it that way. I will give this a hero. I like the look. Oh, me as well. Yeah hero for sure audience 89 percent hero 11 percent zero next up marina look by tabata molina hands and heart piece by angesi hair by rumen marmol she is representing the fight of trans people she herself is non-binary and this look is close to her heart 
It's very artistic. I think the hands on the arms in pink and blue then leading to the one heart is quite an artistic moment. The garment itself is very simple. I would call this a walking installation piece. You know what? That's a good way of putting it. And I guess for me, there's something a little disjointed about this look that doesn't make me, it doesn't make me 100% love it. It seems like there's like, I, I obviously understand the concept and I love it and I'm here for it. And what a powerful message that she's bringing to the runway. But I feel like what from she was describing and what she got, it's almost like she's missing things. And I, I don't even, it's not even saying like, uh, because the jacket's cropped and like, you know, it needs more fabric or coverage. No, there's just something very like, I don't know. It's not 100% working for me. And it's a shame because I really want it to work for me, given the meaning. I, I mean, it. I agree. I feel like the, the the skirt part, you have all the names. I don't know what the names mean. Maybe there's a significance to it. But there I definitely think just, has to be, yeah. There's just one little thing that I would change. I wouldn't have written it in black. It should have been pink and blue. Continue the color story through. I, I don't know. I just, there, there were. There were multiple some... elements. And that's the and other even, thing too. That... And even the red hair, I would have gone with blonde. Really yes. just folk because it pulls your eye too hard. Yes. I think this is very classic. Um, we've heard this before on the US franchise where um guest judges will be like, oh, you know, your your eyes like there there's too many places to look. And so yeah. it hurts the overall impact of the look. I'm looking now at what she said. Yeah, I believe it's just um the names of women that have been murdered uh, throughout okay. the years that she has um, from, you know, uh, reports and things like that. There, it's so funny because in, you, okay, here we go. Like she posted, one of her last posts is this look without the pants. Like she completely deconstructed it and it's just the heart, a couple of the um, pink and blue gloves and her and just a bottom, right? Like just like underwear. And that somehow is much more significant than the look mm -hmm. we saw on the runway. I mean, you'd have, I, I think everybody would pull it up, but it just, because it's so much more simpler and more, it seems more put together and it seems more pushing the message much right. more. I think if, if this was going to be a look for a performance, maybe what you just described is what she performs in with the names like projected behind her. She yes, was trying exactly. To bring and the names into a look that didn't need the names. Exactly. Um, and I just, I don't know, there's something, and this just could be my personal taste, but I really don't like things that kind of seem a little too crafty. And sure. there's an aspect of all these things, like even though they, I mean, obviously they're they're beautifully done and, and beautifully made, and it, it's not actually hot glue craft, but the elements of it, because it's not all well put together. Yeah, it does have a little bit of a, a kitschy look to yeah. it. And Marosi said it was the first time he was excited about a look. She didn't need to explain anything. And Marina says it was a complicated look for her as she is a trans non-binary person where you always feel as an out on the outside and have imposter syndrome. And this was a way for people to see that it's not artificial. Supreme says her roast was the surprise of the night as she thought she was going to be the one who found it the hardest. And she did the best, achieving the challenge. 
Annabelle says it was very clever to create a character that shielded you from blame. She liked the jokes, the rhythm, the delivery, the irony, and the double entendres. I will give it a hero, but I think it could have been adjusted big time. It's it's funny because I know I voted this a hero, but I'm not I'm not 100% there yet. You know, like I I think I want to say hero because of the message, but I, I'm not necessarily inclined to because okay. solely on the look. Um, and the overall critiques, like I I don't know. Maybe I again I felt like I was watching a different show because they were living for everything she did, everything she said, her look one thousand percent. I mean, for them to say like this was the look of the season, I mean, part yeah, of me was like, I, I think I've seen other better looks. I don't know. Episode um, one, it, Onyx. Exactly. Thank you very much. Like the erasure there. Um, but no, I don't know. It, it it felt weird for me to hear all that because I I definitely don't agree. So yeah. Uh, so are you going hero zero? You got to say it. Say it. Use your words. Okay. Hero. Okay. Audience 72% hero, 28% zero. Next up, yeah. Estrella Extravaganza. Look by Venus Plastic. Hair by Michelle Devine. She is going black and white in honor of the journalists. It's a very, very different feel for Estrella. And I'm going to say it's one of her better looks this season. I like the fashion yes, element agreed. as it, it, it fits with the cut of the suit jacket and the skirt for her. Is this detox level? Hell no! Does this work for Australia? Absolutely. Literally what I was thinking when I watched the episode. Coming down the runway, I'm like, nope. The the door's detox is opened, let me tell you. Uh, but not Listen, at all. There, Nobody I, has come I, close. I will say what I will say, and I'm going to get blasted. And if you would like to blast me and prove me wrong, please do. But this weekend, I got to see a lot of performers. A lot of drag race yeah. queens. Um yeah. Detox is a fashion queen, and that's it. Um, that I've performance sucked. Her, I've seen her live as well, so I kind of understand um, where you're coming from, and I'll leave it at that. To go back to Estrella, though, um, yeah, I was surprised. Um, I didn't expect her to pull this reference, mm -hmm. and she did a nice, crisp look that was referential to the people that she was trying to honor. Um, and, you know, she... She tried her best with the makeup. I mean, I think it could have been blended a little better. But otherwise, I think it was good. Calvo says she did a clever thing, which was to create a character that turned the roast on its head. The jokes were great. He does say she was a bit of a machine gun and needed to calm down a bit to be more direct. Annabelle is going to disagree about not going as fast as the Argentinian comedian Enrique Pinti. His humor is based on firing jokes like a machine gun. He overwhelms and steamrolls you, and she doesn't mind that. Supreme likes it, but could see the moments where she was reading and it was out of character. Anna is fascinated by a lot of the elements of the look. She finds it wonderful that it was black and white as it reinforces the expressionist imagery and takes us to the past while still referencing the women of today. Look at Anna being smart. She has three yeah. brain cells. <laughs> this is a hero for me. Yeah, agreed. A hero for sure. Audience, 70% hero, 30% zero. Next up, Sharon Hair by Alberto Sixto. She is paying homage to Housewives and is playing into the campy world. With the rest of the cast being a bit more serious, it was nice to see a colorful moment, but this felt very chintzy this late in the game. I see the elements and how they work, but it's certainly... It's not a wow moment. Um, I like the playfulness of the liner, of the dress, and the Velcro objects. 
I just don't know what period she's really trying to be in because it was confusing where this look was missing the storyline. Maybe she's trying to be the housewife through time, but then it needed to explain that a little better. I don't think this look fit the brief at all. I was like, wait, why was this up into interpretation? Like it, it was, and, and that's no disrespect to mothers or housewives or any of, you know, matriarchal kind of uh, people. Uh, but it was just, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. It was weird when you have people like Jirigi doing these like very historical, like to me, that was the challenge. And this had nothing really to do with it. Yeah. Was it cute? Yes. Was it colorful? Yes. Was it still, what, you know what, was it as strong as what she normally does? Absolutely not. Um, you know, to your point, this late in the game, I expect way more from her. And uh, I mean, I guess, what does she say? She's got to be saving like some amazing shit for the end. And that's Absolutely. my only, that's my only hope here is that she gave us this because it was like, oh shit, it's either I wear that amazing thing and I have nothing to wear for the finale or I wear this little ho-hum thing and kind of make it work. Well, Calvo says she was very precious and confident. She had a joke for each person and the joke worked. She was in her comfort zone. He would have liked to see her go beyond that. She stayed where she was. Annabelle says her tempo was important. Knowing when to stop and knowing when to leave was well done, done well. Ambrosi said she was spectacular and is crazy about the side of Sharon. Anna says her look was her performance. She turned it into drag. It is a zero for me. <sighs> I I mean, I hate giving them zeros because I love this cast. Do so it! Just... Uh... Do it, do it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Peer pressure, zero. Yes. Audience, forty-four percent hero, fifty-six percent zero. Yeah, I. And finally, Benedita Von Dash, underdressed by Antonio Velasco, Kate by Alejandro Resta, headpiece by Rafa Pinador. She is dedicating her look to the female artists who never get recognition. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit underwhelmed. We have seen her wear art, and when she's paying homage to art, it feels a little arts and crafts. I think the painter's mock removes the shape from her look, which is which has its benefits, but for someone who sells body, this feels wrong. The headpiece is unique and really the only compelling part of this look, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. That was probably my favorite part of the look was the fact that she made it Spanish. And she took that element and said, nope, we're going to make it Spanish. Um, which I think then later, I think was it Anna Loking, she mentioned something about French painters. And I was like, no, yes. bitch, she's doing, like, what? So your message was lost in translation anyway. Um, do I hate it? No, I, I it's still very fast to me it's uh it's giving me very like valentino vibes which i like uh but can she do better yes has she done better yes is it another like saving saving the best for last kind of moment i hope so like i can't if this is what you have i i sure should hope next week you give us like yeah couture Pavel wants to know how she felt in the roast and she said in the beginning it was a struggle but as it went on she felt better his problem was that she was wingy and it felt awkward and lacked rhythm. She leaned into observational jokes. 
Annabelle said it lacked rhythm as she was just telling a funny story and waited for the laughs that never came. Anna likes the metaphor with the French artist in her look and how she made it her own in Spanish. She is a contemporary statue. I give this the safest of heroes. Like right on the line. Yeah, I I do too. Because again, I don't hate it. I think she still looks good. I think she still looks presentable. She got her message across. Um, You know, it's well constructed. It's got some sort of fashion element. It's Spanish. Um, But again, she could do better. I think the audience was with us in the sense that there's nothing to boot about it, but it's not great. Mm -hmm. But the results, 95% hero, 5% zero, the highest of the night. Not a chance. I mean, sometimes y'all, you fucking fuck it up. This is bad. This is not right. But I respect your voice. You know, I wonder how many of these people are actually tuning in each week. Well, you know, there have definitely been moments where I've been wanting to message people and be like, are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching? But um, none of the Rue girls did uh, partake in the tooting and the booting. But some of them did see the story, um, including Adriana. Okay. She did not. Yes. Um, all right. They're about to head backstage to try to get comfy. We haven't really discussed it much on the podcast. And it just felt this week was harder for me to watch because it was very emotional. They're all feeling things. And all I'm watching are these fucking inflatable chairs. Just look like Yes. <laughs> I noticed it too. Oh, poor Estrella. <laughs> I was like, this is embarrassing. You have a budget. Why are we doing inflatable? Oh. Is that a Spanish No, thing? no, it's it's a definitely it's a very European thing, like a, a very sleek listen, minimalist. Listen, when we but get also to, like when contemporary we get to drag race Sweden, if that entire workroom is not decked out Ikea. in IKEA, it's over. It's done. I want this IKEA workroom, and it, we're all gonna be like, oh my god, I own that. First of all, if they don't have like the trans IKEA couches, I, I like, want an IKEA. The challenge. pride couch, the 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 pride couches. If they don't have them in the uh, untucked, that is a shame. And then yes, an IKEA challenge where they use like just bags and stuff. I mean, that's like come on now. If you don't do that, then- no. The IKEA challenge is if you put the piece together, you can stay. If you can't figure it out in in a half hour, you're oh, out of you mean like a oh yeah, like a. I mean, that's like a really good mini challenge if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever spoken to you about my um game show idea. You know supermarket sweep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want IKEA sweep where you go in as couples, you you do the but the final challenge is you have to build a piece of furniture. If you don't break up, you win. I I don't ever think IKEA furniture is that hard to assemble. Yes, it is. It is impossible because you can't understand it. The pictures are always weird. You always are missing at least one or two pieces. And then you're fighting with each I've, other. I've never had that experience. You are probably one of those hoes. We're going to. It's probably, you are probably one of those hoes that when you get it delivered to your house, you're like, make it for me. No, no. Yeah, In this economy, you. I don't have that kind of money. No, you did, it. you did it when you were a fashion designer. No, not even. Because back then I could afford better things than Ikea. What? <laughs> Except now I'm broke, everybody. So tip me. <laughs> All right. Well, Benedita is feeling like she needs to go over her song. Uh, she thinks she's going to be lip syncing. And Australia feels like this was her best runway. And Strone tells her, 
but she likes the tributes. Marina is proud to be in the top five. Australia congratulates her on the roast. She really went for it, and it worked, and Marina is really, really happy. Drigi rarely feels emotional, but she's feeling it today as she spoke about her grandma, which coincided with the runway. Coincidence? I think not. Though, if you told me that they filmed the scene between um, Venedita and uh, Drigi in an earlier episode and placed it in here, I would believe that. Oh, yeah. And they do that all the time, don't they? They always cut and paste wherever yes, necessary. Yes and no. You have to be very, very careful because of continuation with clothing. Um, right. So if you don't show certain things, you're allowed to get away with that. Um, Estrella thinks the lip sync will be Jorigi and Vene, but she thinks maybe she'll be thrown in it as well. And I was like, we haven't had a three-way lip sync yet on the show. No big twist yet. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But Jorigi says it's a game and you just have to enjoy yourself. Supreme's going to bring back her girls and has some decisions for them. Marina ekes it out Gets a win in the comedy challenge, and she's going to get a prize from our friends at Astro Labs. Um, have you visited Astro Labs on Instagram? No. Oh my God, you got to! Um, they did Hold all on, the prizes for um Drag Race Italia. Oh so this, really? It's just good. Yep. Um, Sharon and Estrella are safe. Benedita and Dorigi are up for elimination. I think I know what you're going to say. Do you agree? No, at all. Who, who should it be? <sighs> you know, I I agree with Benedita being on the bottom. And I didn't like Estrella's performance either. You just hate fat people. No! <laughs> I, I am fat as well, so I can. I, well, I hate myself too, so I guess that works. Um, no, not at all. I just, again, she didn't. She didn't give me that normal stay up pizzazz and like and then Venedita just wasn't funny at all. So it just I'm fine with this bottom two. But this song is Fuego by Alina Ferreira. Are you familiar with this track? No. I was like, what is this? <laughs> well, all to all my Eurovision fan friends, this song was the 2018 representative for Cyprus coming in second. Um, of course. The winning song from 2018 was Toy by Netta from Israel. There's so no way I this song am... could be Toy. Toy is the best fucking song from Eurovision ever. I will die I mean, in that. You know hill. that I do not follow Eurovision, right? You and I, I know it's a problem. You should change that. I, you know, I, nobody said I was perfect, but I, <laughs> I had a problem with the song because it was, it was not in, in Spanish and it's I knew I knew you're not wrong I with it. I knew like it. That. I knew it. I did not like that. I was very upset. I And she's not even not Spanish, she's I, Greek. On top of it, so why did we choose the song? Was it because the title is in Spanish? Too many missing pieces. I had way too many questions. I was not happy. I, I already wasn't happy based on the bottom two. And then you give me that song and I was just I'm writing Supreme. You're gonna, you're gonna have I'm, to. I'm email, texting her right now. Yeah, email uh, 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 Supreme and tell her you're very disappointed. But I, yeah, this was a very sensual performance. Um, I know we have issues with removing clothing, and this was yet another yes, op- yes. moment. That being said, Vanadita removing clothing, I'm okay with that because it's part of her track. Oh, exactly, and it wasn't. Um, 
it wasn't sloppy. It was purely intentional. It wasn't. It was burlesque. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It literally, it had a purpose. It had a function. And it wasn't them grasping at straws and just ending up naked and wigless. Right. Do you know what I mean? And and this was like very refreshing to see like the lip syncs that I guess I was looking for this sure. season where everything is not sloppy, not messy and everybody kind of has it together and is actually performing and they're close, you know, again, their outfits, they don't end up in just like padding and tights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jirigi will whip her macrame back and do a little wig reveal. Wasn't yeah. expecting it, but she did it well. Yeah. There was a lot of florography and um, as Sharon predicts, a lot of people may or may not have been touching themselves while watching it. I mean... Not for me. I, you know, it's no, <laughs> um, no, I wasn't either, but it, um, it was hot. It was hot. And I really appreciated that they ended up uh, working off each other and you could see that relationship that you, they had. You said it was hot, but was it fuego? <laughs> but, um, <bum. laughs> no, you know what, you know what it was giving me? It was giving me Carmen Carrera Raja vibes from season very much three. so, very much so. Yes, but not as hot. I will say yeah. Carmen and Raja was much, much hotter. Um, but that's what I was getting. And, um, I, you know, I, I thought it was great. I thought they both did a good job. Um, I didn't expect Jirigi to do everything she did simply because we had seen her lip sync before. Sure. And I guess, listen, she saved the moves for the right time. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. these drag queens when they're on drag race it's all the same move when they lip sync and they'll be on the they'll be lip syncing time time and time again and it's the same moves until finally they're eliminated um so it was nice to see something different well benedita says Jirigi is eliminated do you agree honestly for me it was her time um that's transphobic uh <laughs> no i don't Rude. think so it, i i disagree wholeheartedly i think this where I would have at least appreciated a double Shantae. I think they both did well. I don't think anybody bombed that roast challenge. No, I agree. I don't think that she actually warranted to go home again. I'm very surprised. And I know I don't, I'm not the only one that feels this way because Twitter took again, beloved Twitter. A lot of us were like, oh my God, wait, what? Like, were we all watching the same show? Because yeah. she was funny. Her runway was amazing. Why are you sending someone who potentially could have won the challenge in my opinion home it it i don't know it it's it, it seems a little out of place but at the same time i also couldn't have said like send venedita home it was a, a bottom right. two that i i don't think either of them should have gone home and that's why i would have preferred based on how the season was feeling this should have been marina's elimination episode she won correct she did great correct, correct. someone was going to be collateral damage yeah and i just didn't ex I, I didn't expect it to be her and you know we started we started this podcast episode saying you know reddit and the spoilers and everybody said this week marina was going home and yeah. what <laughs> i expected Jirigi fully to be a finalist and i'm very disappointed well she's gonna leave the set singing opera because that's Jirigi. and fabulous oh my goodness talk about branding it's who and she also is also Talk about the story we heard earlier about her grandma being the person who 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 gave her voice lessons. That was a beautiful full circle moment. Yeah, no, it was it was wonderful, and I really really hope 
that we get to see her more of her soon. Yeah. All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? <gasps> yes. What is Jarigi's legacy? Oh my God. I think she, in my personal opinion, and I know this is controversial. I know not everyone's going to agree with me, but I think she's got to be one of the hottest contestants in all of Drag Race franchises. <laughs> I don't know why. Just stunning, gorgeous. Every week, I think she just looked more beautiful. Um, so she's definitely the beauty. Um, and I think she will also be remembered as the queen of untucked even though they don't have an untucked for drag race España, yeah. because she was just like there with every comment and she's so shady and i love it and i don't know sometimes the things we're afraid to say i feel like jerry is the type of person who she would say it for us yeah. now so um, i yeah. am going to put this out there obviously we'll, we'll discuss something in a second but knowing her background knowing her um ability to talk in other languages where she's from where she performs if she happened to be a guest judge on drag race belgium or drag race france i wouldn't be mad oh absolutely it would be a total um it would be totally dumb of world of wonder to not incorporate her somewhere else like she Nikki, if you're listening call her up Honestly, she could do that. She could do, I mean, shit. I think she's a very strong contender for anything versus the world. I think she would be wonderful. If she wants to do it, I don't know I if, she wants, if she would put herself through it again. She seems like she didn't like the process. Fair, fair. I think, uh, and I mean, who, it's not a great process if you think about it. It takes a oh, huge toll no. on you. It takes a huge toll on you. And like, yeah, it's, it's great, but like, there's a lot of, backlash and aftermath to being on drag race and i just i don't know i just she had so much more to show and i don't know i feel like a little robbed of that but it's a makeover challenge who are you worried about and how will astraya manage to be saved <laughs> she's the one that i'm worried about i think the other three i think this is definitely now, something to that be they'd fair, be at. to be fair the makeover people are old men this could work in her benefit. No, I'm just really going to, she's just going to do a divine look. Just everybody. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be okay. Uh, but listen, here's the story. Bam. Alexis Mateo is in the house next week as a guest judge. How do you think she'll do? Oh my God. I am so excited because I think she's going to do so well. Um, I'm intrigued to see um, the, I guess the intricacies of their dialects, because mm -hmm, obviously mm -hmm, Spanish mm -hmm. from Spain is very, very different than the Spanish from Puerto Rico. Oh, yes. um, so just, just hearing the communication, I think is going to be interesting because I feel like, I mean, we probably won't see this, but I know behind the scenes, there's definitely a lot of, what does she mean? What do you guys mean? Yeah. You know, cause sometimes I feel that way too, when I'm speaking to people that aren't Colombian, it's like, you know, we all have different words for the same thing. And it's like the who? Now I got and to I have a fun. That would happen. I got to have a little fun moment because I got to reveal to someone during the recordings for at DragCon yeah. that Alexis was going to be there, and I, I, I yeah. told Jessica Wild, and she's like, yeah. "They let that bitch do it." Um, but she she would love to be a guest judge on Dragon Suspania. She's obsessed with the franchise, so maybe oh that's God. where Jessica Wild shows up again. Honestly, that would be great, and I think i think it's there's something to be said about the fact that this is the only franchise that's really doing this yeah um and i think you know 
Drag Race US should be definitely be doing this. Like, I don't understand why we're not bringing, um, it doesn't even have to be rural girls, just other drag queens that are, you know, what professionals. Do we, know? we know the reason. Well, well, we do know. Yes, that's right. It's um, Shaquita always says it. There's no way I'm fucking ever going to be on Drag Race. <laughs> They'll never let me. <laughs> Rue will never allow another drag queen to be on that panel if she's on it. Just, it would never happen. Yeah, it's Bad. which is a shame though because look, look at the insight that they bring to the table and like it's just such a great addition and just so complimentary I mean, to do, what's we, going like, on. Just the fact that we had that one episode where Alyssa Edwards was um, the choreographer was. Yeah, groundbreaking. Yeah. So yes, we'll see. Maybe, like, maybe things will change. Things might change. I don't know. But I just, I think it goes to show you why this franchise keeps working so well and is personally, again, one of my favorites, my favorite, really, uh, because they keep doing very different things and it's always so successful. And they really, again, it's all seems so genuine and heartful. And I'm so glad that they're bringing her along. You know, it doesn't well, have to just be Spanish queens, you know, or European queens. You know what this question is going to be after eight episodes, the winner is. <sighs> so, I mean, we said it before and I'm going to say it again. It's probably going to be Sharon again. Although I know that there's a little bit of controversy surrounding her as of recently, but I don't know. I think she's still going to win. I, I think it's Sharon's to lose. Like there's no way she can lose. Um, I don't know what the controversy is. We'll talk about it after the podcast. Um, I yep, know maybe yep, one yep, yep. thing about it, but whatever. Um, Estrella could be the one to walk away with it as well, but I think she would literally have to win the next challenge and steal the finale. Correct. And quite frankly, I, I don't think she, I, at least what she's been giving us as of recently, like she was very strong at the beginning. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if she has it in her. I mean, I always love to be surprised. So I hope, you know. Yeah. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got to plug? Oh my goodness. So I am on Instagram at amanda.massacre. Uh, Venmo, uh, Mana Massacre Drag, and projects. Oh my goodness, your girl's finally doing drag again. Um, I cannot give you details as of now, uh, but stay tuned. Actually, follow my social media. I don't post very often, but I will definitely be posting the flyers for these upcoming events because it's Pride and she has some giggies, and I'm excited. Um, so that's that. Also, um, Always keep following my little side hustle at Metallopause. Um, I'm very excited. Um, we're going to be working with Day's Lesbian Bar um, this weekend. So obviously you guys probably won't be able to make it, but um, I'm sure I'll do other little pride events too. Um, all your LGBTQ plus needs for your pups. And now I'm introducing some cat things as well. Meow. I love Meow. it. Well, Listeners, thank you for going through this episode with whatever my voice sounds like. Because um, in my ears, it's it's like scratching a chalkboard. But Amanda, it's always a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. Always a pleasure to, to be here with you. The biggest thanks to Amanda for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and this was Block Talk.